This is the Tallahassee Business Podcast. Over the next few weeks, our mission is to bring you interviews with key leaders and community members with information you can use while we work together to navigate the impacts of the COVID-19 coronavirus. The Tallahassee Business Podcast is presented by the 223 Agency, a digital relations firm. Hey there, Tallahassee. Jay Revel here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Tallahassee Business Podcast. We are bringing you uh, a series of special editions of the show right now as our community and our nation are um, sorting through all of the difficult challenges associated with the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Um, today, we have another very special uh, episode for you, one that I think you will find a great deal of value in, both from uh, the perspective as uh, maybe an employer or an employee um, or just anyone who's dealing with uh, this serious disruption to all our lives and the way in which we go about uh, our day-to-day business. We've got uh, a good friend of the Chamber of Commerce here with us today, Michelle Boudier. Michelle is a licensed clinical social worker, and the conversation we're going to have is one about uh, mental health and how to deal with uh, the uh, various levels of anxiety that are affecting uh, a great deal of our population right now. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. We are uh, delighted to have you with us. Appreciate your willingness to come on and have this conversation. I think right now uh, there's a lot of focus out in the world on uh, how how people are coping with this and we wanted to be able to make sure our, our members had and listeners had an opportunity to hear from someone with your expertise. And uh, before we really jump into the meat of that conversation, could, could you give us a little bit of background about yourself uh, and who you are and the work that you do? Sure, absolutely. So, again, as Jay mentioned, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I um, am actually born and raised in Tallahassee and have a private practice here in town. And a lot of the work that I specialize in is around anxiety disorders um, and frequently get called in to help uh, through EAP programs to do critical incident responses. So I have some history with coming in in uncertain times into companies, um, you know, kind of helping people manage the immediacy of the response to that effort. So that's the focus of my work and I enjoy it quite a bit. It's very fulfilling. Absolutely. And, and like we said, you know, I think this is all incredibly relevant in this moment. So, you know, that being said, why don't, why don't we kind of jump into to the discussion here? One of the things, Michelle, um, that we wanted to talk about, you know, the rapidly changing environment that's been caused by the coronavirus has created uncertainty for many of our members. Um, what should our business owners be considering as they navigate the coming days and weeks? Well, first of all, I think it's really uh, important to just kind of identify, normalize what's happening for a lot of us, um, including us as business owners and and employees. For business owners in particular, um, there's a a level of stress and um, concern that I think has mounted over the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe a little longer for some of us, you know, dealing with some of the mandated closures and concerns about how to manage employees. Um, dealing with kids being out of school and, and all the things that are rolling out, um, including, you know, overall fears maybe about the success of their business um, and addressing the, the anxieties of their clients and customer base. Um, 
also, you know, aware that a lot of people are transitioning to remote working environments, and that's something that's a little unusual for a lot of us, um, not having had to do that in the past. So I wanted to kind of share some thoughts as we work to navigate this uncharted um, territory. First, I want to point out that it could be any number of responses that someone would have, and we each kind of have our own definition and response to stress. So some of you may not have felt super overwhelmed um, and watching others be more overwhelmed feeling than you are, and, and I just want to kind of reaffirm that there's some potential reasons for that and that that's okay. Um, it's also okay to have a response to it, um, whatever that looks like. This situation is extremely difficult um, and abnormal. Nobody's experienced anything quite like this. So um, hopefully the information I'm going to kind of point out today will allow some of you to move rather than feeling stuck because frequently if we're not sure what to do next, we don't move. So with that in mind, um, I want to kind of talk about how we respond to stress. Some of the reactions that we have to a situation can be driven by a lot of factors. Um, some of the factors in determining how we respond to what's going on around us really, as a typical therapist might tell you, um, have something to do with how you were raised and your upbringing um, and what we were taught by our caregivers, for instance, about how to respond to stress and which things to um, be concerned about or not. So they modeled a lot for us. So kind of having that in mind as you go through this process and, and being aware of why you might respond differently than someone else. Um, also impacted differently are people who are closer to things that are happening. You know, business owners might have a different level of response to someone in the public. Socioeconomic status also plays a role. And also just personality. I mean, all of us with kids know that from one kid to the next, even with the same parents, can respond to things very differently. So knowing that that's completely normal to potentially not respond the same way as the person next to you and know that that's okay. So I also want to have people be aware that you could notice others having a particularly strong response if they're already managing some mental health concerns. So for you as employers, looking at your employees and recognizing that they might have some underlying anxiety or depressive concerns. Uh, we're also going to see some different level of responses for first responders and other people, particularly in the healthcare fields right now, just because of the nature of what they're having to deal with. So having given that sort of background, I want to have everybody take 10 seconds and just kind of sit with how you are feeling right this minute. And that wasn't quite 10 seconds, but long enough to probably have you bring some things to mind. And I wanna talk about the fact that as a business owner or manager, you have responsibilities and burdens that no one else in your organization likely has. So recognizing your own responses, it's gonna be really important right now because it's gonna help you maintain your emotional well-being as you're on the front lines of this battle. So I want to talk for a few minutes about the ways stress is experienced because we have some pretty typical ways that you might relate to, but also some ways that you might not be so aware of. So emotionally, people will have some anxiety, potential for some panic attacks, which you may or may not recognize as, as that, some grief, some denial, maybe self-blame, some emotional numbness. Um, conversely, you could have some difficulty controlling your emotions, and that might be surprising to you. Um, some depressed and down feeling, not really wanting to engage in things that you would normally enjoy. 
some anger could come out at this point as well, or apathy and boredom. Feelings of helplessness and worthlessness also can be experienced during experiences like this. What's also useful to know is that sometimes our responses to stress don't actually present as emotions. And instead of that, you could have some physical symptoms. So those might include some difficulties with sleeping. This is really a commonly reported issue, and it can be having trouble going to sleep, having trouble staying asleep, um, and these are things to just kind of keep track of a little bit so you can make sure that you um, pay attention to it. These are signs that our body needs us to do something. Um, having shortness of breath or rapid heartbeat, headaches, um, blurry vision, dizziness, um, weakness, thirst, things that would, you might notice as feeling not typical but wouldn't recognize as stress-induced. Behavioral changes can also incur. This might be a change in how much you want to engage with people, um, changing in communication style, maybe being more um, reserved, having some agitation, increased use of substances to cope, which happens pretty frequently for people because it's an easy, easy escape sometimes. Um, some people also have a decreased level of hygiene, not really feeling like they want to take a shower or uh, get dressed for the day. Appetite is also a big thing that can change. That could be in either direction. You could have more hunger, um, or some people, when they become anxious or upset, aren't really able to eat very much. Again, these are things to just kind of be aware of if they're happening for you. doesn't mean it's permanent, but you want to be aware that it's going on so you can track it. Um, some of the mental capacity changes that can occur when you're under extreme amount of stress could be difficulty in making decisions. So as business owners, you're used to finding a, finding a problem, weighing out solutions, getting an answer, and moving forward. It might be harder to do that right now. So just be aware that that is kind of a normal response to this abnormal situation. Um, you could also find yourself having poor concentration, some for, forgetfulness, maybe poor problem-solving um, potential. Also could have some nightmares even intrusive memories, flashbacks, searching for a meaning to life. And, and some of this might seem a little bit extreme, but I know, you know, and just talking with people and clients since everything's happened that people are like, you know, how is this happening to us? You know, some people going back to 2008, recalling the, you know, the recession at that time. And as business owners, I'm sure we all kind of look to the past to kind of dictate what to do next. So since the coronavirus is pretty unpredictable, the course is also unpredictable. Because of that, you might experience any or all or, or none of these reactions. And if you are experiencing them, they can persist or be intermittent, depending on your circumstances. I want to kind of have you think about the idea that confronting the fears and anxieties can be really important. Our bodies are designed to look for danger. So the result of that is frequently that we um, manifest the worry without playing out options and solutions. Um, we're focused on fight, flight, or freeze, which are actually just primitive responses. And they kick into action, actually, as a way to survive. But it can catch us up off guard if we find ourselves caught in these situations. I want to give one or two suggestions that you, as an employer, can do today for yourself, not for your employees. The first is a deep breathing exercise which seems kind of hokey, I'll admit, but is super effective. Research shows that deep breathing can do a lot 
um, for remaining, helping you remain calm, allowing you to think more clearly. Um, there is an app that's pretty fantastic that if you're not a pro at deep breathing already can teach you how to do it. That's called Breathe to Relax. It's B-R-E-A-T-H-E, the number two, and relax. And, you know, it sounds simple and a little unorthodox to think about practicing what our bodies do naturally, um, but this is a really good way to start doing something today that can have an immediate impact. I would suggest that you start it when you wake up before you get out of bed. Use it throughout the day, even if you're not feeling anxious, because it's going to help regardless of how you're feeling. There's actually a good video, too. Um, some people are used to breathing more shallow through the chest. Um, we're designed really to breathe more deeply, and there's an app, I'm sorry, a video, www.anxietycoach.com. The cute guy there, he has a video to show you how to do it correctly. It can really make a huge difference. So that's the first suggestion. The second suggestion is an app called the Insight Timer. It's available for Apple and Android devices. There are over 35,000 free talks and meditations. And I can honestly tell you that 100% of the clients I've worked with who have tried this app have found something useful. It helps them sleep better. It can lower the experience of worry or panic. You can reduce physical sensations through working through this app. And the great part is you can do it conveniently without people noticing. It features world-renowned professionals who have offered free access to all of these materials, and you just can't go wrong with it. The Chamber's membership consists of companies of all sizes. Uh, however, we can all agree that businesses are most successful when their employees are engaged and productive. How would you recommend that our members can be involved in promoting the well-being of their employees, staff, and workforce right now? Well, you know, it's interesting. Ron Sachs mentioned in that most recent Chamber podcast that people tend to count on their boss to take care of them. Um, some of you are probably worried about whether or not you can maintain your workforce and about the overall wellness of your teams. Um, that's totally understandable, totally reasonable, and probably what makes you a good business owner. Um, I'm going to say, though, while this could feel like more pressure on you to save the day, it also allows you to make a potentially big difference in some basic and concrete ways with your employees. Um, I'm going to, first of all, encourage you to not have to fight and do this alone. So in the event any of you are listening and you have large enough companies that have an employee assistance program available with an insurance company, use it. It's what it's there for. And these people will give your employees access to not only resources, but a space to talk through what's going on for them so that they can help manage their responses to this with or without you. Not everyone has that benefit, of course, and I'm aware of that, being a small business owner myself. Um, if you don't have access to an EAP resource, this is a good time to really just be available to listen to your employees. That's right. Pretty simple. Listening is extremely powerful and it can allow you to increase your connection to others, which is going to prevent be a benefit to everyone in the long term. Whether these employees stay with you or not, they're going to remember the effort that you made to stay connected to them, especially when they're struggling. So your communication also can have a long-lasting positive impact when you don't have the answers. They probably look to you for answers in many cases, but it's quite clear to all of us that no one knows what the answers are right now or when we're going to get them. 
but we do have each other to count on and rely on, and we've seen some of what's happened in the last few weeks with people teaming together, even here in Tallahassee, with the restaurant industry and all these other <clears throat> places that have been impacted through the stress of dealing with the coronavirus and its fallout. When we feel a sense of social connection and an ability to have a perceived impact on the world, we actually remain mobilized for action instead of being stuck. In fact, studies have also shown that words of affirmation and quality time with a boss have been cited by employees as the two most important ways they feel appreciated and cared for. In fact, these two things ranked higher than receiving gifts, which may be surprising to some of you. At the end of the day, words are free and they're powerful. So with so many of us working remotely now, we might have lost some of the easier opportunities to catch up in the break room or walk by an office and chat with a coworker. I'm going to encourage you to focus on remaining connected, especially when you have teams working remotely. May it be one-on-one -on -one or as a team. It might be that you call direct reports to check in with them rather than sending a text. You can establish some weekly online meetings just to check in with the team without a specific agenda. You want to identify other people in your company with a natural ability to stay connected. Usually you can pinpoint who those people are and enlist them to help you. They might be a natural resource. It may also be that as you're hearing me say this, you feel like, oh, I'm not the person that's normally really touchy-feely or reaching out to people. I'm going to just say to give it a shot. Start with something small with someone in your organization at somewhere. Your employees are going to appreciate the effort if you approach them with a desire to really connect and understand what's happening for them. They'll feel the difference. And those are the things that I would point out. I think that's great advice, Michelle. You know, our team here at the Chamber has been, been utilizing some of those same principles of late, and I, I feel like it's really helping us get through And I know we've heard from some other members that are doing the same. Um, shifting gears just slightly, um, as we're likely to continue facing regular and unexpected challenges in the coming weeks, do you have any recommendations that can help everyone regardless of their position in the company? Um, and, and I'm wondering what other resources you might have that could be useful for that. Yeah, well, there are lots of things to do. I'm, I'm going to kind of just give bullet points um, here, understanding that I, I'm working to create a sort of master list of things that if, you know, with your permission, I'd like to have you guys set up for people to access, one of which will sure. be some coping strategies, you know, kind of a list of coping strategies, but also some websites, some hotlines, telephone apps, um, and different accounts that you could follow to help you stay on top of things. Um, as events unfold, though, I just want to say there are ways we can all immediately support ourselves. One of them, which I, I know we're all tired of hearing but are essential, is to, to keep up with the developments from the CDC in terms really of prevention. You know, the things that we've been hearing, washing your hands regularly, avoid touching your face, avoiding contact with people known to be sick. We also know and are hearing that, you know, we don't necessarily know if we're sick. So that distancing that we're all trying to do is probably for the best, at least in the short term and maybe for a little longer if needed. Um, please, please resist the urge to engage in the around-the-clock review of news and social media. This is extremely hard to do, especially if we're not um, having to work in front of people and, and we're remote or not able to work at all. It's easy to get caught up in social media generally, but it's essential that you allow yourself a break from it. Um, for those of us old enough to remember, there are the days where the news only came once a day at 6 o'clock, 
and we somehow managed to survive it, knowing that we would only get news once a day. I'm not going to say that you would go to that level, but keep in mind that the news media works on a strategy of repeating stories without adding new information pretty often. Um, social media platforms also can propagate rumors or hype that we can't have the ability to verify. So repeated exposure to the same stressful stuff in and out day after day can exacerbate any stress response that you might naturally be feeling. I'm going to sort of suggest that you identify one or two trusted sources of information. Um, I'm not here to dictate what that looks like for you, but that you don't check it constantly and that maybe you turn off the alerts and pick one or two times a day that you want to check in and catch up. Chances are good that there won't be anything new to know, but um, I certainly wouldn't tell you to just cut it off completely. Uh, third thing, maintain self-care routines. Um, this is super important. Even when we're not in a crisis situation or anything like what's going on right now, I constantly talk with my clients about the basic things that you can do to take care of yourself, um, that being sleep. It can be hard to sleep when you're super stressed out. I get that. Again, the app is great for that. Um, drinking lots of water, which we have plenty of at this point. Um, eating as well as you can. I understand if you've shopped and you've bought 50 cans of baked beans, that might be the best option right now rather than a kale salad. Some of you will be relieved to not have to eat the kale salad. But um, you know, do as well as you can and try to keep the routine of your eating the same as normal because that's also going to keep your body functioning in the way it might be accustomed to doing. To the extent you can, continue exercise routines. Tons of people are putting out videos online through YouTube that you can do and offering this as a free service, which we could take great advantage of now as many of us are stuck at home. Um, these three things, you know, the good diet, exercise, and sleep, are really a foundation for good health, no matter the time. So um, another big thing that people don't think about is medications. If you are prescribed medications, try to not tinker with taking it at a different time of day because your schedule is different. Um, and if you have prescribed mental health-related psychotropic medications, you want to make sure that you have those filled and that you're taking them as they're prescribed. It's essential that you do that to not mess up your body in some way. Um, also, as of today, we're not totally confined to our homes. So fresh air can do wonders for lifting your spirits. We have had the benefit of really great weather in the last week. I think that's going to hold for the, the foreseeable future. Please take advantage of that several times a day if you can. It's, it's good for you. The fresh air is wonderful. Uh, another option is to make some time to relax. Uh, with all that's going on, there's an inherent sense of urgency, and that's normal to experience when you are faced with an abnormal situation like this. But the constant vigilance is really destructive to our bodies. Stress is going to happen whether we invite it in or not, and sometimes trying to avoid it can be more harmful than embracing the fact that you're having a feeling and trying to do something to calm it down. Again, staying connected. As I mentioned previously, talking with other people about how we're feeling can be challenging, but it's essential to your mental health to do it. It's okay to ask people for support. Um, you should not carry all this weight alone. I often talk with my clients about the fact that it's easier for me to carry the weight of their burdens and fears than it is for them to carry it alone. Keep that in mind as you encounter these next few days and weeks or however long it takes for us to get through this, which we will get through, by the way. Also using technology to stay connected, Zoom, other platforms, have morning coffee with a friend that you now, you know, might have the ability to do time-wise that you didn't before, catch up with someone by phone. It really just does good to connect with positive memories, keeping the negative in, in the background. 
I also talk with people about things that are not related to coronavirus, which seems to be hard to do at this at this time. Helping others. So we can't necessarily get out and go do much, but we can help healing, reaching out to people um, and seeing what someone needs and helping develop a strategy to get those needs met for them can really allow us to get out of our own heads and focus on doing something positive. Um, lastly, remaining hopeful. So we're resilient, kind of how we're, how we're designed. It's often in the worst of times that we become the best version of ourselves. Sit down, make a list of your strengths. If you can't think of what they are, think of what someone else has told you they are. Look at how that impacts you and what you've done in the past. When you've overcome a situation you weren't sure you could handle, did these strengths come in for you? This can serve as a real handy reminder of your innate ability to survive and persevere in even the worst of times. The final thoughts. We can't control what's happening. And the truth is, we're never in control of what's happening. What we can control is how we respond to it and how we react. It's essential to take care of ourselves as we continue to navigate this constantly changing situation. As I mentioned, I'm putting together a list of resources that you all can use um, in managing any of the symptoms that you might be feeling, and we'll have that linked up to the podcast. I also want to encourage you, you know, as a quick note, if any of you are having feelings coming up or feeling unsafe at any point, um, I encourage you to reach out to Big Ben 211. You literally can dial 211 on your phone or look them up um, on Google and connect with them that way. These are people who are trained in crisis response. They're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, free of charge, and they are confidential. So I would encourage you, in the absence of having the list to look at right away, if there's something right now that's pressing and you don't feel safe, I encourage you to reach out to them or, um, you know, feel free to just kind of sit with yourself and notice what's happening and reach out and connect with others. Michelle, I think that's just wonderful. I can tell you just from sitting here listening through this conversation and uh, having a chat with you, I, I it's helped me. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, you know, we all are, are dealing with a lot right now. Uh, I know I, I, my heart and feelings go out to all our business owners and, uh, people who are managing employees right now, because I just I know there is a a heavy burden there. But to your point, everyone's going through it in some different way, shape, or form right now. And there are some great resources, and there are some best practices. And I think you've done a, a, a tremendous job of, of providing some value to folks that I think as they're listening back to this, this could be a, a show that people could listen to. Uh, I think a couple of different times to find some some really good things to bring them back to their center and uh, uh, remain calm and focused during these challenging times. But I can't thank you enough for spending a, a few minutes with us here today in this chat. Um, is there anything that you'd like to add maybe in closing or um, also if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Sure, sure. So um, my business is Tallahassee Therapy Associates. Um, I am more than happy to talk with any of you, even if it's, you know, 10 or 15 minutes just to kind of get a feel and help you navigate anything that might be urgent and pressing for you, or if you have questions about some of the stuff that I've talked about. Uh, my work number is 850-241-5707. I'm also on psychologytoday.com. 
Um, and so you can find me through that as well and send an email if needed. And I'll be happy to talk with you. Um, I know this is a really stressful situation for many people. And so anything I can do to help alleviate some of that, even in the short term, I'm happy to do. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Jay. Hopefully this has been helpful. Absolutely. We'll, we'll look forward to uh, having more of these conversations in the future, I'm sure. And folks, if you're listening in, as always, want to tell you how much we appreciate you tuning into our Tallahassee Business Podcast each and every episode, and especially right now. You know, we're all dealing with uh, really unprecedented challenges here in our community and around the country. I think it's important to know that uh, that, that you're in it uh, and not alone. There are many other people in the community who are dealing with this just as you are, and uh, there's no perfect way to do it, but there, if we can do it together, we're probably going to stand a better chance of all get through it. And I think that, uh, to your point, Michelle, uh, we will get through it. We will see the other side. Things will be uh, bright, cheery, and wonderful again. Uh, and even in these challenging moments, uh, we can find some peace and some calm if we all pay a little bit of special attention to how we're going through our day. And, Again, Michelle, can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. I think people are going to find this highly valuable. And, folks, again, thank you for listening in. Thank you for subscribing to the show. And thank you for being a chamber member and a part of our community. It means so much right now and means uh, the world to us. And I hope that you're finding value in these special edition episodes related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And we'll look forward to bringing you more information and great episodes in the weeks to come. Thanks for listening as always. Be good.